Thank you for choosing to listen to today's message by Reverend Dr. David Entry. We know you will be blessed as you seek and serve God. We believe that this message will stir up a desire for more of God, even as you listen. Be blessed. What did I say I was going to talk about? Huh? Love affair. When did I say love affair? Last week. But last Sunday. What did I say? What did I say last Sunday? Oh. Huh? God's marriage. Yeah, I said that. That would sound very offensive in the ears of a lot of religious guys. So you can't be talking about God's marriage. Because they think they can't take it. So it's, it's, it's not necessary you talk about. How can you say God, God has married? So I was talking about what, what, what else did I say? Possibly we'll call it. The universal couple. The universal couple. And then what else? Holy romance. Should we flow? Because I really want to teach some good stuff. It will require a lot of scriptures. Remember, if you're a Christian, your approach to scripture should, should be that scripture should speak for itself. And I'm wondering this. We have all kinds of people who are trying to speak for their scriptures. A pastor's job is to help you. So in, in a lot of circles, it's actually called expository or expositional preaching. Ex, to exposit means to explain. The Bible is saying this. So when we actually meet in church and have come together, there must be some explanation in the text. That's, that's what Christian leadership is essentially about. Christian leadership is, is essentially about the um, rightly dividing the word of truth. You remember? That's, that's Christian leadership. Rightly dividing the word. It is the word of truth. In other words, the words concerning truth. If you want to know what is true, then you have to come to the text of scripture. All right, so scripture should speak for itself. And every Christian leader must be a word broker. Word broker. So those of you who have plans to be pastors and leaders, it has not got nothing to do with your suit. It's not got nothing to do with your shoe. It's not got anything to do with how. It's not dependent on how nice you are. You can be a nice person. That doesn't necessarily mean you should be a pastor. A pastor is supposed to be a broker of God's word. So a pastor who doesn't have God's word in his hand and in his mouth is, not, is, is professional malpractice. It is not acceptable. All right. I'm going to be sharing some very interesting things. I, don't, I pray. You know, you have to pray for me that today I won't go off. <laughs> Every now and then I keep going off. And 
um, I keep going off and then coming back in. Um, thank you, Jesus. Okay, let's go here. All right, let's go to Exodus. Sorry, Deuteronomy chapter 7. Joshua, we're going to read from verse 1. Deuteronomy chapter 7 from verse 1. What did you do to it? You're stretching me? Okay, thank you. Deuteronomy chapter 7 from verse 1. Are you there? All right. This is going to be a long one. But read it. You, you, are, you see some interesting things inside. Let's go. When the Lord your God... No, Joshua, read it. When the Lord your God brings you into the land which you go to possess and has cast out many nations before you... God knows how to cast people out before you. Don't worry. No one will take your husband. God knows how to cast you. <laughs> you know, there are people... There will always be people before you. Yeah. There will always be people. There were guys before me. Even when they came to Pastor, even though she was not, she was in a Bible school one day, and a guy before I showed up, on a guy told her that God has showed me, yeah, witness Bible school you know, years ago in Accra. God has told me you'll be my wife. She said, "No, forget it. I don't do that." She said, "No, no, no I'm just telling you. It's not. It's not subject to your opinion." <laughs> some, people, some people are very audacious. I don't want to go too off, so let's go. There are always there will always be people before you. There are always people before you. You are not the first. But God has a way of clearing the way for you if He's sending you somewhere. So that's why every believer must know how to trust God. Don't be afraid of the impossibilities ahead of you. If when God is ready for us to have a permanent place, it doesn't matter who is occupying what and what. Lord. No, no, those things don't matter. God knows how to just get you there. Yeah. All right, let me give you a typical example. He said one day I'm going to send a redeemer to redeem my people after 400 years in Egypt. 400 years. Around that time, the king, because of the influence of the devil, it not stated in the text. But he felt like the, the Jews were multiplying exceedingly. So let's curtail their increase or allow them to increase, but let's stop their influence. So the way to stop the influence of a people is, is to neutralize the men. You South London brothers and sisters, listen to me. You can't slow down the strength of a people when the men are intact. If you can neutralize the men, the women will take over. And you have, you see, it's passed from father to son. Fathers to sons. It's very important. Are you trying to say women can? No, 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 please, 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 please. Please, for goodness sake, I've not said anything about women. I'm trying to tell you how things pass down generations. But what I'm trying to say is that when they wanted to neutralize them. They said, kill the boys as soon as they are born. Let them join the gangs. Let them, expose them to be thinking about life, that life is all about pleasure. People, they will not make it, it doesn't matter. And they just, just pleasure, girls, drugs, and foolishness. 
So when they are in their teenage, they are no more interested in schooling. If you can do that, build nice gyms, nice um, flats, nice libraries for them, it won't take them anywhere. <laughs> because library doesn't determine, who, like, determine what you become in life. <laughs> gym, nice gym. Uh, regeneration. Let's just, just change the whole environment. Let's do some nice park. People can go and you know, play so that the energy can be dispersed. Oh, come on. <laughs> it's, it's upbringing. Upbringing. If you can sack the fathers from the house, the boys will be a victim of gangs. So try and tighten the situ- economic situation that it's all about work, 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 work. When this one is going out, the father is going, the mother is coming, when they are coming. So it's work, work. By the time, after a time, they are just mates. They are no more friends. They are just there. And it's just because of the children. After a time, the guy, any man who stays always at work, always, there will be a woman waiting for you. You, you, you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, women are always waiting. It's like the way we wait for the bus. <laughs> women, women. I'm telling you, a number, the young women here, young men here, I can tell you, a higher percentage of women here are waiting for a man. Yeah, it's, it's okay. It's, it's, it's a natural order, so that's fine. It's a natural order, so there's nothing. Please don't say because I won't wait for a man. I'm telling you, <laughs> they that wait can renew their strength. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So it's okay. It's okay to to be alert. Like we are young lady and an eligible bachelor has stepped into the church and is saying hello. You just forget. No, please get yourself just. Fix yourself, just in case. Yeah. Just in case. <laughs> I don't know, but I know it happens in places, some other nations. It's not too common, though. Where you see a, a, a woman kneeling down, asking them, will you marry me? No, you can't go and ask. They have to come. So you position. Yeah. So anyway, so they destroy the future of the men. Make them lazy mentally. Help them not to know where to stop. Help them to just pursue. Follow their appetite. Help them. Help them. They will destroy themselves. So, well, well, he came up with a decision. Pharaoh said, when the children are born, check if it's a male, kill him. If it's a female, allow her to live. Why? They can still multiply, but not in the men's side because they will continue their strength. So, anyway, it was around that time, according to Acts chapter 7, around that time Moses was born. Moses was born at the time they said, let's execute every male child. God, you should have brought Moses earlier. God, you should have waited until a new pharaoh comes who feels now we've killed all the men, so we need a few to, to, to just boost the, the... Because if it's only women, eventually we'll be giving birth and you have strong manpower for the work. So, wait. 
But God said, no problem. I operate within my own timing. Known unto God are all his works from the foundation of the earth, according to, I think, Acts 14, 18 or 15, 18, somewhere there. Known unto God. So God decided that it was that time Moses was born, not by accident. Nobody here was born by accident. Your conception may be an accident, but your birth is certainly not. Because God, for all you may do, no, you are the Moses. Moses was born at that time. At this time, Moses was born. What time? The bad timing. Humanly speaking, but divinely speaking, it was the right timing. At this time, Moses was born. And the time they said, let's kill all the boys. Moses was born. And, you know, to put insult, to add insult to injury, God said, oh, okay, you want to clear the, Messiah, the redeemer, the deliverer who is coming? You want, to, you want to kill him? I'll make sure that you are the one who will feed him and raise him. <laughs> yeah. Moses was fed and raised by his, his enemy. And it's, it's different if he didn't know. Maybe the woman deceived him. You know the way some, sometimes a woman will be pregnant and give it to some. They can choose who to give to. <laughs> Women. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so those of you who are just everywhere. Some of you have been given seed that doesn't belong to you. <laughs> you are not thinking about doing DNA tests. I bet you, I bet you should. <laughs> That's why it's good to marry a Christian sister. Who has really become Christian. Some are churchgoers, but not Christian sisters. Remember that. How do you know who the difference between a Christian teacher, a Christian sister, and a church goer? You see it by their fruits. By their fruits. Sometimes they are very upset. And you say, but you know the scripture I said, because of the Bible, that's okay. Because of God. You see, that's a Christian. And someone who is a oh, Bible for what? My friend, put the Bible aside. <laughs> Bible for what? And their plans, their ambitions are all a Holy Spirit. It's, it's a, they can, what's the Holy Spirit? Church is about fun and excitement, a club you have joined. Yeah, those ones. They are churchgoers, but they are not Christian sisters. If you go for a Christian sister, it's up to you. Sorry, a, a churchgoer is up to you. But if you go for a Christian sister, I can tell you I'm having real good time. <laughs> because I went for a, a Christian sister. Christian sisters understand forgiveness. They, no human being naturally likes submission. By a Christian sister who managed to do it. She has to because you, are you a Christian? She, she will have to. And she will do it not by coercion, but by obedience and because of her love for God. In the same way, a Christian brother. Because once he stared up, once he stared up, after a long time of sustained pressure, like Delilah did to Samson. Bible said, she vexed him daily. Every day, the image was in front of him. Every day, he was seeing images. Every day, he was seeing images. One day, he said, let me take my hand and read all, all this image. <laughs> hey! So, a Christian, a sensible Christian brother would just remove himself from danger area and would not be responsibly saying that, oh, we are just friends, excuse me. A male friend is not a female, okay? 
All right. Where was I? So Moses was born and they fed him in Pharaoh's house. Bible says, at this time Moses was born and was well pleasing to God and he was brought up in his father's house for three months, only three months. And what happened? But when he was set out, Pharaoh's daughter took him away and brought him up as her own son. Can you imagine? She was, she, she was feeding the lion. She was feeding the redeemer or the deliverer who her father was determined to wipe out because of that. He said, well, wipe out all the boys. Satan was behind it. So God knows how to clear the way for you to find your seat. Shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Don't think that people have gone ahead of you so there's no space. God will reserve a space for you. Yeah. Yeah, your ticket will be reserved for some. It may get into somebody's hand, but he knows how to. It will, it will come to you like the way God preserved, pr- protected, preserved, preserved, protected, and kept Sarah, Abraham's wife, when she ended up in Abimelech's house as Abimelech's wife. Say, God, God said, that's why I prevented, I kept you. Genesis, I think, 21. Uh, yeah, that was the end. Said, that's why I prevented you from touching her. So God himself, anytime the man is, is, is coming around her, for some reason, either it will always coincide with her time of the month or week, or something, you know, suddenly the man has been feeling very weak. And say, okay, let's do let, let's I'll, I'll do that tomorrow. And always see, God was behind the scenes. Yeah. God said, Abimelech. <laughs> That's why I've kept you, I've stopped you from touching her. So you see, you may not know that God is fighting for you, but I'm telling you, He's fighting for you. Amen. You may not know that God is working for you, but I'm here to let you know He's working for you. Amen. He does not have to come and announce to you. But your faith must believe that God is working for me. Yeah. So God is working for me. God is working for me. So he says that it's not because you are many. I cleared people and gave you their land. Deuteronomy chapter 7 from verse 1 again. When the Lord your God brings you into the land which you go to possess and has cast out many nations before you, the Hittites and the Girgashites and the Amorites and the Canaanites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites, Seven nations greater and mightier than you. Greater and mightier. How can you take the land of people who are greater and mightier than you? But God said, I'm going to give you that land. The people are greater and not just that. They are are mightier than you. Mightier than you. So you can't take on a mighty nation. When you are nowhere near their might, you can't take on near, take on a great nation when you are nowhere, nowhere near their greatness. And yet he said they are greater and mightier. And yet me, God, I'm going to drive them out and give you their land. <laughs> and they didn't have to fight. Why? Verse two. And when the Lord your God delivers them over to you, you shall conquer them and utterly destroy them. Mm-hmm. You shall make no covenant with them, nor show mercy to them, nor shall you make marriages with them. Ah, you marriages. Shall... Don't make marriages with them. You understand why? Quiet. Nor shall you make marriages with them. You shall not give your daughter to their son, hmm? nor take their daughter for your son. Mm-hmm. 
For they will turn your sons away from following me to serve other gods. Yeah, the women are powerful. Pastor Robert, what do you say? Pastor Robert's statement. <laughs> you cannot please God if your wife is. You can't serve God. If you, if you are, if can't be for God if your wife is not for God. You can't be for God if your wife is not for God. So if you, young man, if you really want to do ministry like I determined to do ministry, so it informed my choice. If you really want to do ministry, do the work of God. Then be intentional about who you are going for. That's the major factor. Besides the exterior appeal, you know, a, a, a man of God shouldn't choose based on exterior appeal. You are lustful. And you'll be lost in destiny. Because the more powerful you become, the more complicated and complex ones will come. And the more the caves will disturb you. Yeah, men have been, have been designed to respond to caves. Hey, Kev, hey, my God. <laughs> wow. <laughs> How many of you like the caves? You can't lift your head. The devil is a liar. He's a Kev. <laughs> hey, some of you didn't hear what I said. <laughs> <laughs> How many of you appreciate God for caves? Yeah. Some of you can't lift your hands. It's usually the last two ones. They have to pretend like they are fine. Uh, we know you are not fine. God is wonderful. You are not fine. Wow. Anyway, so. Um, it's necessary. <laughs> um, marriage. You have to be careful who you are desiring to marry. You shouldn't choose a person because you think now you are old. You, you have to settle. Or maybe because you want to come to Great Britain. Or oh, sorry. Rather. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you are looking for papers. A man of God like you. You are looking for papers. You should be looking for God. The devil is alive. <laughs> a woman of God like you. You are looking for papers. No, you don't marry for papers. <laughs> All right, said so don't marry them. Go ahead. Can you imagine? I haven't even two uh, percent uh, of my scriptures haven't come. Go ahead. Verse four: For they will turn your sons away from following me to serve other gods. Usually, when people begin to fight their pastor, the man who helped them, who have raised them in Christ, check their wives. It, this is not disputable. A man cannot make a decision spiritually in spite of his wife. Or so long as his spiritual state and who he submits to is concerned in spite of his wife. Ministry is a long, tiring journey. You have to keep running when you are tired. You still keep, still keep going. 
if you marry a woman like Lot's wife, <laughs> your ministry will not go anywhere. Anywhere. There are times, Pastor, who will ask me, when, I, when, is, when, I, when is the next time you are going to Ashbenam? I said, oh, because of the children and just He said, no, no, please. When you go, we are happier. Not that when you are not home. <laughs> you know, one day she told me this. My wife told me, yeah, I said, he said, we need you to go. We need you to pursue God. The work will be protected. The work will be stronger. The family, we need you to pursue. It's at a cost. But we need, as if it's God you are pursuing, we need you to pursue God. That's the kind of wife I go to. Yes. Yes. So, so some of you find me very handsome. <laughs> the way I move, uh, you come, you are listening to the word. That's all is on your mind. You are not. You are not correct. <laughs> that's all that's on your mind. Oh, this pastor. Oh, oh I like his. Yeah. I like it. Your most expensive perfume will even be offensive in my nostrils. <laughs> all right, let's, 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 get, let's get serious. So he said, don't marry them, all right. Okay, let's, you know, I always will talk about marriage. Yeah. Well, it's very important. <laughs> okay, let's, we have to do some writing. Hey. Go ahead. Verse 4. For they will turn your sons away from following me to serve other gods. So the anger of the Lord will be aroused against you and mm-hmm. destroy you suddenly. Mm-hmm. But thus you shall deal with them. You shall destroy their altars and break down their sacred pillars and cut down their wooden images and burn their carved images with fire. For you are a holy people to the Lord your God. For what? It says that for you are a holy people to the Lord your God. Let's all read it out loud. Let's go. Your God, eh? the Lord your God has chosen you to be himself, a special treasure above all the people of the earth. All right. So God Himself has chosen you. You are a holy people. Holy means that you are like separated. You have been set apart. You know how. Um, there are some things that are set apart. It's not for everybody. Maybe even in your house, when you're expecting some guests and your, somebody senior is also coming, you can prepare everything, prepare everything for the guests, but this one is a no. I've set this apart. And in every family, there must be something that has been set apart. And in every house, especially young family, Everybody's life, there will always be somebody that must be set apart for you. Or you must be set apart for. Everybody. That's why if you are not married, please, don't... The way our generation define enjoyment, you are spending your life with... Or you are spending something that should be set apart for somebody special, spending it for the public. Mm. Okay. It has become, 
a public commodity. Some of the brothers here. I remember phase two, one day I was teaching, I said, you, you are a gentleman. You humble yourself because as you sit here, maybe possibly 10 of the girls here have played with you. You're, you're, you can't be exposing yourself. But about 10 people have already played with you. So they have seen you. And you think you are very posh. You are not. <laughs> so some of you, unfortunately, two people, too many people have seen you in your adulthood. <laughs> too many people. Too many people. <laughs> they have seen you too much. They have played with you like... Um, <laughs> he said chess, chess. <laughs> Somebody said <a> PlayStation. <laughs> is it thank God you are in church? Yes. We are trying to recover just the bit that is left and manage it. And, uh, but you know that there's not much left. You should know that already. There's not too many people have been through you, like uh, going people traveling to East London from. Sunland, just go through the tunnel or something like that. Too many. It's free. The tunnel is free. Therefore, crossing you pay, but the tunnel is free. (laughs) 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 So help. Just let us help you. But you are supposed to be. There is a certain aspect of your life that, by design, is meant to be separate. Set apart for somebody. Yeah. Set apart for somebody. He said, for you are a peculiar treasure to me. Deuteronomy chapter, yeah. Deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 6. For you are holy people to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for himself. A special treasure. So a special treasure. This one is a special treasure and you are a people for himself. So it's not everyone who is supposed to touch you. Mm. Not everyone is supposed to come near you. You are like a reserved seat. God looked in and he said, these people are mine. This one, I've chosen you for myself. And when you read throughout the scriptures, this is God, uh, since Adam, God has always been a God who chooses people for himself. Who chooses people for himself? When I saw the eye, the just God is a God who always chooses people for himself. Yeah. So let me show you a few scriptures. Special, say special treasure. Say special treasure. We will come back to the special treasure, but I think we should read through. Let me just show you a few things. Read through verse 7. Deuteronomy 7 7. The Lord did not set his love on you, nor choose you. The Lord did not do what? He did what? He, he did not do what? So he set his love on them. They were minding their own business and he said, these guys, I like this one. So he set his love on them. That's where it starts from. God set his love on them. The Lord did not set his love on you, nor chose you because you were more in number than the other people. 
For you were least of all people. So he's not choosing because of your education. Don't come to church and bully us because with your education, bully us with the kind of car you drive, bully us with the school you attended, or bully us with your certificate, bully us with your hairstyle, bully us with your skin texture, bully us with, bully us with uh, whatever, whatever you have got. Bully us with, I don't know, stop that. Stop that with your Louis Vuitton bag. Stop that. Let the ushers carry it and put it where they have to put it. I heard there was somebody, I, I, recently I heard there was somebody who was very upset because he said, don't, hey, don't, don't touch my bag. Wow. Don't, I said, don't, 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 but that, that's, that's, that's petty, so it doesn't matter. It's, it's up to him. It's a bag. But what I'm trying to say is that don't, you are not in church because of your, how special you are in yourself. Bishop Doug said something, Pastor was telling me. He said, sometimes when you see, a, you can see a beautiful woman. The woman is so beautiful. And when you, she's asleep, you will be shocked the way this woman can snore. You, you won't believe that a beautiful woman can snore like this. <laughs> Such a pretty girl snores like this. <laughs> Very interesting. Hey! <laughs> so, it says, it's not because of all that, all that, all that. Verse 7, Joshua, verse 8, let's go. Verse 8. But because the Lord loves you and because he would keep the oath which he swore Why, why did he choose you? Why did he choose? So he chose you not because of your number or something special about you, but because he set his love on you. Remember, so first of all, God sets his love on you and then starts the choosing program, starts the love affair. Because you didn't set your love first, he set his love on you. Not because of something special you have, but because of his personal interest and personal purpose. So, not because he, but because the Lord, go ahead, but because the Lord set his love. Yeah, the Lord. But because the Lord loves you and because he would keep the oath which he swore to your fathers, Mm -hmm. the Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of bondage, from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Therefore, know that the Lord your God, he is God. The faithful God who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations mm-hmm. with those who love him and keep his oh, commandments. Oh, oh, verse 10. Verse 9. Verse 9. Verse 9. Verse 9. Uh, therefore, know that the Lord your God, he is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and mercy for what? A thousand generations with who, those who love him. That's very important. You remember, why is he choosing us? Because he loves us. But he says that he... He uh, is faithful and keeps his covenant and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commandment. Very interesting. So he also demands love from us for us, for him to act in a certain way. He sets his love on us. He chooses us not because of something special, but just because of his affection for, for us. And then after he chooses us, what he will do for us to enjoy the long term is a function of how we love him. That's where this, thing, this whole thing is going. Continue reading it, please. Verse 10. And he repays those who hate him to oh. their face. All right. To destroy them. 
He will not be slack with him who hates him. He will repay him to his face. Therefore, you shall keep the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments which I command you today to observe them. Then it shall come to pass, because you listen to these judgments and keep and do them, that the Lord your God will keep with you the covenant and the mercy which he swore to your fathers. And he will love you and bless you and multiply you. Wow. He will also bless the fruit of your womb and the mm. fruit of your land. I like that bit. Your grain and your new wine and your oil, the increase of your cattle and the offspring of your flock, in the land of which he swore to your fathers to give you. You shall be blessed above all peoples. Wow. There shall not be a male or female barren among you. Or Say amen. amen. You see this thing, God means it. But it's all a function of loving him and keeping his commandment. Loving him and keeping his commandment. He didn't talk about how a pastor will pray for you. <laughs> he spoke about loving him and keeping his commandment, you know. Very interesting. In the first place, he chooses us. And I said earlier on that God has always been in the business of choosing the people. So let's write this text scriptures down quickly. In the book of um, Deuteronomy chapter 4. Let's, okay, let's go. Deuteronomy chapter um, 14 verse 2. Deuteronomy chapter 14 verse 2. For you are a holy people to the Lord your God, and the Lord has chosen you to be a people for himself. See how he comes and chooses. He's always interested in that, okay? Chooses you for, to be a people for himself. Deuteronomy chapter 26, verse 18. Verse 18. Also today, the Lord has proclaimed you to be his people, just as he promised you, that you should keep all his commandments. In Psalm 135, verse 4. 135, verse 4. And then from there, we'll go to um, Titus chapter 2, verse 14. And then 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. Just all, this is all about God choos choosing people to be his peculiar treasure. Go ahead. Psalm 135, verse 4. For the Lord has chosen Jacob for himself, mm -hmm. Israel for his special treasure. For his what? For his what? Remember that. You see, I, what I'm trying to draw your attention to is that if you, if you understand this and start to live your life in accordance to that, you will not be an, an object of pity amongst men. Because God has set his love. Mom, it's nice to see you. God has set his love on you. So he will not allow any, anything at all to happen to you. Anything that will happen to you must come through him. He, it must be with his permission. He, we are Titus chapter 2 verse 14. Who gave himself for us. Talking about Jesus Christ. He gave himself for us that uh -huh. he might redeem us from every lawless deed uh -huh. and purify for himself his own special people. Did you see that? So he redeemed us to purify for who? For a pastor? No. For your friends? No. For the church? No. For himself. He called us. He died for us. He redeemed us so that he will, he will redeem us from lawless deeds and purify for, him to, uh, uh, for himself, us for himself. So he has chosen us for himself. Say, I am chosen for the Lord. I am chosen for the Lord. I am God's special chosen one. I am God's special chosen one. God, God's 
attention, God's eye are on you. That is why everything, in fact, Jesus said that even the hair on your head are numbered. He didn't say they are counted. They are numbered. It's different from counted. Hair number 352 has just fallen off. Hair number five is getting weaker and weaker. We need some shampoo. <laughs> all your, he said the hairs on your head are numbered. The way all the street lights in London, in England, uh, in England, in London, on our, on a, you will never know, but when you are traveling, watch. They all have part numbers. They have all, every, every item on the street, the street lights and the Lord, they are all numbered. The same way God said that you too, you, you, not the land, you, your hair, even your hair, the strands of it are numbered. That's how much he cares about you. He said before you were formed in your mother's womb, he knew you. Wow. wow. Yeah. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Hair number 522. <laughs> That's how, tell somebody, I'm so special to God. First Peter chapter 2, verse 9. But you are a chosen generation. What are you? A generation. What are you? You are not by accident. He came to choose you. In fact, it's called election. That means, you know, no one becomes a prime minister by accident. He was there and they said, okay, you just be a prime minister. No, you must be elected. That's right, that's right. If you are not elected, then the one who was elected, you were working with him. So your party was elected and they put you there. But even the party, they must elect you. You can't just wake up and say, okay, I feel like today I'm going to be. No, you must be elected. And you can never go to parliament if you haven't been elected. To go and represent who? The people must elect you. That, that's important. And God, he also has been doing elections. But this is the elections without campaign. Electing people before they even realize they have been elected. And you think he's think it it in electing you into politics or electing you into business to make money. No, 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 no. That's not what the divine election is about. The divine election is about electing, electing you to be a member of the church. Amongst his people, special treasure. He has it. So that is why you don't have to. It's our I me. Mean, I don't like church people. You don't, you, don't, you don't know what you are dealing with. You, you, God's elections, you, under, you downplay it and temper with it. That's God's election. The church is God's election. God's specially chosen people. It's not every human being. Human beings were created, but some of us have been chosen. You can't be a member of the church. Bible said, and the Lord added daily to the church those who are being saved. He saved them and added them. Acts chapter 5, verse 14. Bible said, verse 13 and 14 talks about, and no one dared joined himself to the church. I was sharing with a man of God the other time. I was, I was showing this scripture that God personally took responsibility in blocking people from coming, joining the church. We charismatic men, modern day Pentecostals, want everybody to come in and feel comfortable and we give them time to change. <laughs> if you don't change, at least just keep coming, maybe one day you go to heaven. Hey, you are not part of the church if you are not born again. You can even do foundation class or membership class. We will have you on our roll, but God doesn't have, your name is not registered in heaven. You see, there are, people, there are people who have British passports, but they can't travel with it. 
it's not the one for traveling. No, no, <laughs> it's, not the, it's not the one for traveling. It's just for work here. Even now, it's, it's clamping down. You can't travel with it because it is, it's not registered anywhere. That, that passport number is not proper. It's, it doesn't have a representation at the home office. It's, it's not registered anywhere. In the same way, you can be coming to church. We will give you a church passport, but it's not valid. You can't travel to heaven. It doesn't take you anywhere because your name is not registered. You must be registered in heaven. What does it take by giving your life to Jesus? Other than that, when you die, demons are coming to carry you to hell. Oh yeah, they are waiting. All right. So it says that yet none of the rest dead, dead join them. But the people esteem them, the apostles and the church esteem them highly. Look at verse twelve. Great fell and verse twelve says that and and through the hands of the apostles many signs and wonders were done among the people and they they, they were all with uh, with one accord in Solomon's porch and so that's talking about all of the team the church folks. And nobody dared join them. Nobody dared. After Ananias and Sapphira died. At, look, let's, what does verse 11 say? Verse 11. And great fear came on all the church and upon all who heard these things. People came to lie in church and they died. So everybody, hey. See, now you can fornicate and just come. And, and I was told recently, I didn't know that till I was having a chat with one British girl. And she said, you know, I used to go to church in some place. We spoke in tongues and everything, me and my friends. But when we came to Caris, just, well, it was okay, I like the place, but we realized that, no, 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 this one is different because he said in our old church, you, we go to church, we go to nightclub, we go to parties, we drink, we do, we have our boyfriends, sometimes they even come to church and everything. So it's normal. And he said, this is what got my attention. She said, we, none of us believe that the Bible is to be lived. You can't live the Bible for real. Huh. It's just for, you can't say, I believe in the Bible, I'm living. The Bible says, that's not for the, so I won't forget. And that, no, no, no. Many, I didn't know that that's how many people think. And so some people are in church. It doesn't matter what you are preaching. They know that our pastor has to say it, but he doesn't really mean it like that. <laughs> yes, that's why you still go, you still keep going to nightclub after nightclub every evening i've been telling you that don't become habiting but you have been going there every time and it doesn't bother you you feel like well no, that's no no that, that can't hey, hey. I, I mean it oh. I, I mean it and god means it i'm telling you yes, yes, yes. i'm telling you i mean how can you be coming to church and all the things you are doing doesn't matter you is a particular lady you are targeting and you don't care because I just want it. And when you, you have found that once you once you, you get her around you to get the attention, what you do to her is more than playing on a bouncy castle. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> hey. And you have this 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 all this <laughs> You have these ideas and images. So you are just coming around, you don't mean it. And you, you, your mind is, oh, you can't mean it. How can I be living according to the Bible in this modern day? You are not a Christian, that's why. It's a sign you are not a Christian. I'm just telling you straightforward. You've been coming to church, but you're actually not a Christian. That's why not living according to the word of God doesn't bother you a bit. It doesn't bother you at all. You just like our community. You like our music 
you like uh, you know the young people around you like the nice girls around you like to be added to those girls because you know that you really there's not much about your life there's not much to your life so you just let me ask some religion and be coming but really you are not looking for God wow you are not, that's why you can be fighting for anybody in church. You don't mind. You don't care. What, what did they think? You want me to sit there? I won't sit anywhere. That's what the pastor is saying. No, that's, I don't care what, what pastor says. It doesn't matter. Bible. Forget about the Bible. I don't care. No, 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 no. You are not a Christian. At least today I'm telling you. Tell you are not a Christian. You are not a Christian. And we don't mind if you stop coming. We don't mind. You can come back when you're a Christian. <laughs> because this is a congregation of the believers. What are you doing amongst us? And you keep, you keep coming, you don't have any plans to change. Hey! God himself kept them. The Bible says that, and the great fear fell upon the, all the church and upon all who had these things. And then Bible, but God was doing special miracles by the hands of the apostles. And look at the verse, uh, the verse 13. Verse 13. Yet, none of the rest there to join them, but the people esteemed them highly. Now look at 14. This is a good one. Verse 14 says, let's all read it together. Men and women. So, they were being added. Who? God was doing the addition. Believers, how come we find you amongst us and you are not a believer? For three years, for two years, you keep coming, but you are not a believer. And it doesn't, that's why your taste hasn't changed. Your appetite for boys, your appetite for girls, your appetite for all kinds of things, your arrogance, your disrespect towards the, the word of God. He don't care when you when people even make a mistake and they sit in your car. At least they they are Christians, so you just just play a message or something. You'll be playing rum rubbish music and bombarding them. And you don't care because. And you are surprised that they are thinking, oh, why am I playing this song? You open it loud. And when you go for holidays, you, you, can, you can be with anybody. How come you are a genuine Christian and you are planning this Christmas, you are planning to go to Ayanapa with your girlfriend, your boyfriend, and you know what's going to happen. You just come to the church to take a box, but you are not a Christian. That's why you are going with someone you are not married to. You are going, and you are going to have a lot, you know, you do a lot of it. So much that you come very full. I was sharing with some people this afternoon that just the generation we live in is like if it feels good, do it. Frank Sinatra said, I'll do it my own way. If it feels good, do it. Oh, Pastor, I just like it. I just so follow your feelings. Most of us are living based on our feelings. If it feels good, do it. So we are taught from early to, know, to commit in, uh, mental suicide. Forget about your mind and follow your feelings. Follow your heart. When they say follow your heart, they don't mean heart for God. It's your feelings. Follow your heart. I just like I can't help it. Oh, hey, you know, I like this thing so much. I like doing this thing. I like, follow it. Forget about your mind. Mental suicide. Commit mental suicide and follow your feelings. Mm. And they tell you that if it feels good, do it. Have at, as much sex as you want, mm. but make sure you don't catch a disease. <laughs> 
or you don't get pregnant. And even by accident, if you get pregnant, kill him. Kill the baby and live your life and enjoy your life. That is the, it's not anything strange, it's the norm. Some of you have killed a lot of babies you didn't want. <laughs> in the past, but thank God you are in church now. Say, I'm born again. Ex-baby killers. Pharaoh, 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 yeah. Pharaoh, you are killing the babies before they are born. <laughs> hey! I feel like preaching. So we don't, we, we don't have a problem at all if unbelievers are not coming to church. No problem. We have a problem when believers are not coming to church. Then maybe we are not feeding them well. Because believers have one, as soon as you, get, you become a believer, there's a, a taste, an appetite you develop, and it grows depending on where you keep going, who you work with. Appetite for the word of God. It keeps growing. It keeps growing. And sometimes you are tired, but just, you, you just enjoy it so much, you can't explain it. Your appetite, because it's a sign, the seed of God is in you. And it needs the milk of God. As newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the world that you may grow thereby. First Peter chapter 2, verse 2. So when you are genuinely born again, there is a hunger in you for the word of God. Oh, did you hear what I said? For the word of God. And for that matter, it plays on your hunger. It begins to extend to your hunger for prayer, your hunger for fellowship, your hunger for sharing Christ. But it starts with the hunger for God's truth. It says, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is to John 17, 17. So what is a Christian who doesn't hunger for God's word? You are a very strange type of Christian. You don't have, when we are preaching, that's when you sleep. But when we are dancing, you jump higher than everybody. <laughs> oh, I used to do this, but now I've forgotten. I just, just, you know, it's, I think it's part of breakdance or something. You sit on the floor, your, your leg goes like this. Yeah, I just, remem- I just remembered. Yeah, when we are in church, we are dancing. You want to do that. But when it's time for the word of God, then... <laughs> yeah, without apology. You can't be bothered at all. You are the best in praise night. All right, so we are a chosen generation now. I want to draw your attention to something. In, the, in the Deuteronomy chapter uh, 7, which we just read, uh, from the verse um, 9, 9, let's, Deuteronomy 7, 9, and therefore, know the Lord your God uh, faithful is. All right, let's go to verse 8. Um, because the Lord loves you, okay, Let's all say, because the Lord loves you. That's why he chose us. So he starts with his love. Is it okay if I continue next week? I'll end earlier. Because the main message, I can't finish it. Because time is... Because the Lord loves you, he set his love on you, and then came and chose you. When he chose you, he begins, uh, he wants a love relationship. But that love relationship cannot be actualized or realized. So in, Rev- sorry, in Exodus, we just, it's also here, I think in the verse 13, somewhere there. But let's go to Exodus chapter 20, verse 6. I want to show you something. Exodus 26. 
Read it, please. But showing mercy to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. Excuse me. I found it very interesting. I found it very interesting. Jesus, I thank you so much. I found it that verse 25 talks about, for I'm a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers. Uh, if you, verse, sorry, verse 5. I'm sorry, verse 5, 20 verse 5. Uh, I'm a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers. You shall not bow down yourself to them, for I'm a jealous God. I am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. Did you see the word hate there? It's a very interesting word. But look at the next verse. But showing mercy to thousands, to those who love me. Say those who love me. Those who love me. Oh, so what is he looking for from us? Love me. Love me. He said, love me back. Love me back. So actually, God set his love on us and saved us so we will love him back so that it becomes a mutual loving. All right. Watch this. That is why he gave the commandment. Let's read it from the screen again. Let's read it. Let's go. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Please forgive me. All right, let's go. <laughs> To who? To who? I can't hear you. One more time. To who? So, loving God. How do we know you love God? So he gave the commandments so that the commandments will become a platform for loving. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5. Here is called the Shema in Hebrew. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, from verse 4, talk about the Lord your God is one that, uh, oh yeah, the Lord of this, this the, the Shema. Every Hebrew child must know this. Okay? They always recite it every time they go to the synagogue. Look at the next verse. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your... I, 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 watch this. So it looks like when God came and warned you, he didn't come, just come and he set his love on you and now all he's looking for is, can you love me please? Can you love me back please? Can you love me back please? That's all God is looking for from us. Love me back. Love me back. Love me back. Love me back. So he says that, hey, Israel, this is all God requires of you. But he's giving us, if I can keep the law. Let me tell you something. The law in United Kingdom is not keep giving for us to love the queen. It's for, for order. Yeah. For peaceful living. Yeah. <laughs> So, the street limit is so you don't kill other people and kill yourself. Mm. But it's not because you love. So, if you are obeying the law in the land, it's not a, an act of love. God's law, law was given so that it would be an act of love. So, He gave us the law so we can show Him our love. It's there. In fact, they came to Jesus and they said, Huh, all right. A lawyer came to Him. The lawyer deals with the law, isn't it? He said, okay, Jesus, tell me, what is the greatest commandment? Matthew chapter 22, verse 35. Can you tell me which one is the greatest commandment? And then Jesus said, read it. Jesus, then one of them, a lawyer, asked a him lawyer. a question, uh-huh. testing him and saying, teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? In the law, a lawyer talking about the law. A lawyer came, he said, okay, which is the great commandment in the law? And what, what did Jesus say? Matthew chapter 20, 
2 verse 35 now let's go verse 37 jesus said to him you shall love the lord your god ah, what's the greatest commandment you shall love your lord your god you shall this verse 37 Joshua, read it. Let's go. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with mm-hmm. all your soul, mm-hmm. and with all your mind. Okay. This is the first and great commandment. The first means that the protos, the protos is not like, it's, it's, it's set on everything. So it, the, the overarching aspect of the command, it covers everything. Every aspect of the commandment is love. So really, the commandment was given so that we can, oh, I'm getting it. So the greatest, the, the prior, when it comes to the commandment, the first thing God wants from, the command, from us, based on the commandment, is the love. So you can't do the commandments and not love. That is not, not no. So he gave us the commandment so we can love him. Read Mark chapter 12, verse 28. Mark 12, 28 to 30. Mark 12, 28. Then one of the scribes came, and mm-hmm. having heard them reasoning together, perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, which is the first commandment of all? Okay. Jesus answered him, the first of all commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. Oh, so you, the commandment given is all about you loving God. Mount Sinai is where the commandments were given. It's God, you know what God did? God wanted a people for himself. They must be a peculiar people for him. No one must touch them. He doesn't want to share them with anybody. He doesn't want to share them with any nation. He doesn't want to share them with any deity or any God. So he said, you have set my love on you. And he got them ready, delivered them from Israel, not because of their their number, but because of his love. He delivered them, passed them through the wilderness. And when they were going through the wilderness, he was going through a process of wooing them. So the love, that's why when you get born again early days, things begin to go well for you, isn't it? Things go so well. Everything, every time you pray, answers come. But as you are growing, the answers don't come so quickly. <laughs> but you are getting to know God better. You are maturing in your work with God. And so he wooed them. According to Jeremiah chapter 2 verse 2, he says that I came after you. And remember the way I was um, espoused to you, betrothed you to myself. I engaged you. God came, <laughs> oh, I like this. So God came and he, after winning them, he knelt down and said, would you marry me? Oh. Would you marry me? Come on, this, I've got all this for you. I've got, oh, would you marry me? And he says, just say yes. How do you say yes? You really won't marry me? You give you the commandments then. So that the commandments, you're bidding the commandment is your love back to him. Yeah. So he says that, and those who love me, I will show mercy on them. And I will bless them to thousands of generations. So when you love him now, he can show you his God. You're, you're not loving him makes him handicapped. You're, that's why he gave the law, not to punish you. But so that by through the law, you can demonstrate that God, I feel like doing this. But I just love you so much, I don't care the consequences. I just want to love you. Doesn't matter what happens. The greatest of all the commandments, the purpose of the law, is that you will love God. Not from your mind, I'm going to explain it in a minute. Not from your mind. So, Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 2. Go and cry in the hearing of Jerusalem, saying, 
Thus says the Lord, I remember you, the kindness of your youth, the love of your betrothal, when you went after me in the wilderness, in a land not sown. Wow! Look at verse 32. Verse 32. Can a virgin forget her ornaments mm-hmm. or a bride her attire? Mm-hmm. Yet my people have forgotten me days without number. Did you see that? He, he was treating his people like a bride. He said he saw his people as a bride. Not just a group of people. That's why he said you are a peculiar treasure to me. I've chosen you for my... No, I can't share you with anybody. You are like a wife to me. And he said, can a, a, a bride forget her ornaments by my people? Look at that. Chapter 3, verse 1. Chapter 3, verse 1. They say, if a man divorces his wife and she goes from him and becomes another man's, may he return to her again? Would not that land be greatly polluted? Hmm. But you have played the harlot with many lovers. Hey. Yet return to me, says the Lord. Can you see the imagery that God is interested in a love affair? Like the relationship between a man and a woman. My submission to you is that throughout all the scripture, the theme of marriage runs through it. Runs through it, the, the theme of marriage. Because of God's interest in his personal relationship with us, as people who are engaged to him, so when you leave, you backslide, you stop going to church, and you are doing any, you are just, you go and hang around like a prostitute, an adulterer, adulteress, with all kinds of jobs, all kinds of uh, uh, excitement, all kinds of worldliness. That's why James 4, 4 said that. You adulteress and adulteresses, don't you know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? But excuse me. We shouldn't have used the word adulterer and adultery because an adulterer is someone who is married to somebody and is going behind the person's back. But why should God call you a single lady or you a single man an adulterer? And he says, because you are friends with the world. Why? You are married to me. You are for me. Why are you going? Why are you going back to the club? You are for me. Why? Why are you going back to that guy? Why are you going back to that woman? Why are you going back to that behavior and feeling comfortable in it? No, you already betrothed to me now. Wow. Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 14. Return, O backsliding children, says the Lord. For I am married to you. Hey, did you see that? Let's already Allah. Let's go. I'm married to you. The way you have backslided and stopped church activities. You're, even Sunday, you're not planning on coming to church. Because you're tired. Because someone has invited you for a major, I don't know the terms, bash. Saturday night. Bashment. Oh, bashment. <laughs> bashment, yeah, maybe, yeah. Bashment. Daggerization. Whining. Then daggering, Saturday night, showing your, your side boobs and cleavage. Opening your dress from here, all the way to the stop just here. 
when you when you pass, it's like, hey! And guess what? Guess what? Guess what? You love it. You love it. You like it. You can't care. You don't care. You are planning. You've seen another type of clothes. You are going. All your back is there. It shows a bit of your tongue down there. All your back. You are going for it. You are going for it. Nothing will stop you. No amount of preaching will stop you because you like your fashion. You have to display. You are, you, you are, you are backslided. You are a back, he said, oh, backsliding, back, oh, backsliding children. I am, for I am married to you. Married, why are you doing this? I, I won't allow my wife to dress anyhow. Oh, no. Oh, hey. No, no, I want that. No, no, no. You didn't tell me I'm, I'm chauvinist. You are, you are not correct. But, <laughs> my wife, that's why I took my time and went for a Christian woman. Some of you, we don't know whether you are Christians. So we can't say they should come for you because you can't submit. You can't submit. My wife cannot wear anything, everything and anything at all. I'm telling you, go and ask her. I'll tell her no. I don't control. We are are best of friends. But some things I won't allow. It's a disgrace to me. I won't allow my wife to be showing her Ties in town. No. No, I won't allow that. God, that is my pe- special possession. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm telling you that too. She knows it. She knows it. I'm very, very particular. Hey! hey! Isn't it amazing? It's amazing. So when I love you, my wife can't dress anyhow. But you, God's special guy, special woman. When it's summer, you open, everybody must see the cross on your hairy chest. <laughs> Walking like a crocodile. <laughs> 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 I you get what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> God said, I'm married to you. I'm married to you. Ezekiel chapter 16, verse 8. Is somebody learning something at all? Oh, I have to end. Ezekiel 16, 8. When I passed by you again and looked upon you, indeed your time was the time of love. Mm. So I spread my wing over you. <laughs> In those days, when you reach another verse, she said, I spread my skirt. So like Ruth chapter 3, verse 9. Ruth told Boaz, that, can you stretch your skirts to cover me? It's a sign of espousal. So if, let's say, she's a woman I want to betroth to myself in those days, when I come, I just find a way of my skirt or the garments, the Lord, to cover him with my garment. That means I put my dog. Ruth chapter 3 said, and he said, who art thou? And she answered, I am Ruth, thy handmaid. Spread therefore thy skirt over thine handmaid, for thou hast it. In other words, betroth me. Just take me. Propose to me. Propose, not make love. No, no, not make love to me. Propose to me. Some of you, they don't have to propose. They will. <laughs> so, propose to me. They do it before they propose. to me. So, so when God said in Jeremiah chapter 16, verse, sorry, Ezekiel 16, verse 8, he says that 
Um, I came and then said, when I passed by you again and looked upon you, indeed, your time was the time of love. So I spread my wings, not my skirt over you, and, and sorry, my, and so, okay, I spread my skirt over thee and covered thy nakedness. Yea, I swore unto thee and entered into a covenant with thee, saith the Lord, thou and thou became mine, my special. I espoused you for, you, for myself. So if you, look, if you look at the scriptures very carefully, God has an interest in a relationship, a love relationship with his people. So he set his love on us. And then when he set his love on us, first of all, to woo us, then what he expects us is just so he expects us to get back to him reciprocate by taking his commandments. Obeying his commandment is a, it's an act of love. So we love him back. We begin to love him. Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 23, that if you love me, you will obey my commandment. Now, I want to show you. Oh, I want to, John chapter 14, verse 23. What does it say? Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. What did he say? One more time. Oh, please say it louder quickly so I can. Keeping his word is a reflection of your love. So now the point I'm making is that, watch this, and you need to get this very carefully. God chooses his people. He, get, he loves them. He woos them and then gives them his commandment so that they can love him back through their commandments. Those who love me and obey my commandment so that the relationship starts. And so it's, 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 it's been like that. And watch this. This is what, very important. Watch this. This is a key th- the key part of the message is that when we begin to love him back, it gives him the opportunity to end up becoming one with us. So it's not just loving, but his objective is oneness. So God and man become, Jesus Christ was an epitome of God and man fused in one. Can, can I show you the scripture for that? You love this. The ultimate of religion. Oh, come on. God created, Genesis chapter 2. God created Adam. And when he created Adam, Bible says in verse 18 that God said, it is not good for man, that man should be alone. And God said, I will make him a helper suitable for him. So, out of the ground of the earth, God formed all kinds of living creatures and brought them to Adam to see what he will call them. And whatsoever Adam called them, that was the name. But for Adam, there was no suitable me, helper. It's interesting when I was studying my Bible today, I was going through it, and it dawned on me that God didn't bring two Eves. Eve and Eva. No. God didn't present two. For, watch this. For him to choose out of the two. God purposely made her, brought her to him, and when, that's why he brought all, so all other people who are not set apart for you are like the animals. So if this is the problem of adultery. Adultery means that you are sleeping with an animal. <laughs> spiritually. Yeah, spiritually. You are, you, are, you, are, you are mating with somebody who is not in covenant with you. He's not in covenant. You should have seen that this one has an attraction, but it's just for kebab. <laughs> 
<laughs> and so watch, watch this. So Bible says that in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 20, and Adam gave names, verse 21, verse 21, and the Lord God caused deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept, and he took one of the ribs and, and closed up the flesh in his place. Verse 22, then the rib which the Lord had, had taken from, the Lord God had taken, the, the, which the Lord God had, had taken from him, he made into a woman and brought him to Adam. And watch this, watch this. This is interesting. And when Adam saw, and Adam said, this is now. Say now. now. Say now. now. This is now. Bone of my bone and flesh of my... I like wedding bit when it comes to... And Adam said, this is the bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Watch this. This is where Adam was talking. So watch this scenario. God said... Verse 18, it's not good for Adam to be alone. I'll make him somebody, a counterpart. He needs a counterpart. Whom he can be in love with. They can have mutual love. And they can be lovers. Animals couldn't do that. So he brought, he brought something part of him. So he took of himself. He took of the man's self. And repackaged it and brought it to the man. And when the man said, he said, yeah, I like this one. That's my wife. Bible says, now after Adam settled on that, God said, look at verse 24. Bible says that, therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother to be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. One, say oneness. oneness. Say oneness. oneness. The two, you can't separate them anymore. Um, it's not just natural marriage he's yeah. talking about. Because people divorce and they are, they are fine. That's why the Bible says in Malachi that I, God, I hate divorce. Yeah. It's, God said, I hate divorce. Malachi chapter 2. I hate divorce. So when they come together, they become one. One entity. But that is a toy version or a miniature version, uh, artist impression of the original. So when someone is coming to build, an architect wants to build a whole estate or something for you, they bring the artist's impression. But you know, if anything goes wrong in the artist's impression, it can affect your conception about the actual building. So usually God will want to keep the artist's impression still clean because of the ultimacy of eternal union. So among human beings, they have always been married. Where in the days of Noah, the Bible said they were married and being given to marry. From the days of Noah, people have always married. People have always married. People have always married. Then Abraham, Abraham, they were married. Noah was before Abraham, isn't it? Abraham, they were married. So even Cain, right after Cain, Bible says he would find a wife somewhere. Cain was asking for a wife. But <laughs> watch this, watch this. I need to finish this. So in Ephesians chapter 5, from verse, normally we, we pick it from verse 21, you know, wives. Submit yourself to your husband as unto the Lord. And then when it comes to verse 25, it says, Husbands, love your wives. Okay? Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved. Watch this. Love the church and gave himself for her. Christ gave himself for the church. For the... ah, Why? He said, Husband, there's a relationship between a husband and a wife which is just like the relationship between Christ and his bride. So he gave himself for her. The church is like a woman. All right, go to the next verse. For her, 
that he, Christ, might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water and by the word. Go to the next verse. That he might present her to himself. Glorious church. Watch this. So Christ is about to present the church to himself. Glorious church. Not having spot or wrinkle or any certain, but she should be holy and without blemish. Go on. Watch this. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own. So he said, so. So can you rise to your feet? Come in. Rise to your feet. The two of you, quickly. Stand here. So he's using the Christ and the church, Christ and the church as a model for how husbands and wives should behave. Because Christ and the church is the perfect example of actual marriage. So he said, Christ and the church, husbands, this is how you should carry yourself, handle it. So go back, go, 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 verse 30. Let's rush to verse 30. For we, we are all members of his body, Christ, of his flesh and his bones. You remember what Adam said? Bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. The church is, we are all members of his flesh, his blood, his body, his bone, and his flesh. Go ahead. The next one. Watch this. Is this not what we saw in Genesis? After God brought a woman to Adam, and Adam said, I found it. I'm found it. Yeah, I found it. This is a special treasure for me. This is a peculiar person for me. No one can touch her. She speaks, belongs specially to me. After that, God said, For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother to be joined to his wife, and the two shall become. This is exact quotation from Genesis. And that quotation in Genesis was not talking about Adam, but talking about Christ and the church. Human, rela- human marriage is not the ultimate. It is just an artist's impression. So watch this. Some of you think it's not true. Look at the next verse. This is a great what? What is a great mystery? This husband-wife coming to become one flesh. It's a mystery, but excuse me. In human terms, it can't be possible. He said, but I speak. Ah. Ah. Oh, so Christ and the church were actually in Genesis. When Adam found his wife, he was talking about Christ and the church. Because remember Adam is called the last uh, Christ is called the last Adam. So Christ is a type of Adam. There are only two Adam. The first Adam and the last Adam. So Christ, how did Adam get his wife? By going to bed wounding his side pulling out life from him and forming an Eve. Forming an Eve. Bringing her back to Christ. How? He died on the cross. And according to John chapter 19, verse 34, they pierced his side. And blood came first. Redemption. Water came out. Life. One of the soldiers pierced his side. And immediately blood to pay for our sins. Redemption. And water came. Is what, water stands for life. So the life in him was released out. And the church... I told you, how was it? He said, I'll build my church. When did he start? On the cross. So when he died, the building has started. Building the church. And so then the church now was born because Christ, the, the, the church is like the bride of Christ. Now, watch it, please sit down. Let me show you something. One, the, two, the two shall become one flesh. Is it not what God said about Adam? Yeah. Where did he say that? Early in the Bible. Genesis. And you remember I was preaching on he who has an ear? What do you do? Let me hear what? Revelation chapter 2 verse 7. You can put it on the screen. Revelation chapter 2 verse 7. Or chapter 2 verse um, 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 12, 11. Yeah, verse 11. Or chapter 2 verse 17. 
He who has an ear, let him hear. Out chapter 2, verse 29. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit of the Lord. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit of the Revelation. Matthew chapter, even Matthew chapter 13, verse 9. The same thing is there. He who has an ear, let him hear. Revelation chapter 3, verse 6. He who has an ear, let him hear what the in fact. He, Revela, let's go to Revelation. This one is just different. What I want is he who has let him hear. What's Revelation chapter two, 3, verse 6? Yes, there's any of them. 3, 6 or oh, 2, 7. Okay, it's okay. 2, 7 is okay. He who has an ear, let him hear what? Let's not read it out loud. Let's go. What? What? So, in Revelation chapter 2, verse 7, what the Spirit says to the church. Revelation chapter 2, verse 8, I think 11, what the Spirit says to the church. Verse 17, what the Spirit says to the church. Verse 29, what the Spirit says to the church. Chapter 3, verse 6, what the Spirit says to the church. Chapter 3, verse 13, what the Spirit says to the church. So he kept saying, let them hear what the Spirit says. Then we come to Revelation chapter 22, verse 17. Now it's not only the Spirit talking. Let's read it together. Now, they are, the bride is not the, the, the Spirit is not talking alone. The spirit and the bride has now become one entity. And, and watch this. This is Revelation chapter 22. The next five chapters or four, uh, five, six, seven chapters, right, four, five, chapter 22, verse 20, whatever, ends the Bible. This is, uh, I'm sorry, verses. The Bible is ending. Suddenly, what happened in Genesis chapter 2? The two shall become one flesh. Now we can see the one flesh here. Now, it's not just the spirit who has been saying, but now it's the spirit and the bride say, come. The spirit and the bride are now started talking together. They, so you can't say, the eternal union, one flesh, the eternal union is going to be that you can't separate the church from the spirit anymore. We, the spirit and the bride, are talking together. One. There is a lot more I can share, but because of time. But because, let me just draw your attention and round up something. The theme of marriage runs through the Bible, throughout, but you didn't know. And it's not just basic marriage, but marriage between God and his people. So it starts from Genesis chapter 2, verse 14, sorry, verse 24, right from 21, talks about, and Adam, they took the, the Eve, Brought him to and became one flesh. So right from Genesis chapter, chapter 2 is there. I want to run through some of the scriptures for you to see. So in Genesis chapter 2, verse 24, you can see it's there. Oh, I didn't know this one too is here. Songs of Solomon. That's why there needed to be songs of Solomon in the Bible. Because this whole Bible is a romantic. It's a romantic affair. It's a love affair. Because between the universal couple. So between the, the, <laughs> the, the eternal triune God and his corporate human beings whom he has chosen. He loved us. He said, you are peculiar people unto myself. He chose us so that we and him it will become like a couple. The Sons of Solomon, chapter 1, is it verse 2 to 4? Joshua, read it for me. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, mm. for your love is better than wine. AJ. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Because of the fragrance of your good ointments, your name is ointment poured forth. Oh. Therefore, the virgins love you. Oh, oh. Go and read some. Now, when you read some of Solomon, don't be reading it to find your romantic desire. Read it to find out the Christ and the church. 
It's there. Songs of Solomon is about the holy God marrying or coming to pick a bride for himself. Very interesting. Do you, do you know that in, to the extent that God told one prophet called Hosea, he said, go and marry a prostitute. This one is a prostitute. It's available for everybody. He said, marry her. How come? She's not a special treasure. How should I pick? He said, marry her. But the prophets those days, when you're a prophet, it's not like the, one of these nowadays, the prophets is for title, for name, and for buying cars, and all those kind of stuff, man. Excuse me. Now, that time, those times when you're a prophet, it's a serious thing. You just, you're like a zombie. To the extent that God tells you, go and marry this one, you go and marry. And your marriage is a statement from God. Your lifestyle, sometimes the name of your children is a statement, for, a prophetic statement from God to them. Sometimes the way you even lie down. God said, lie down like this because he's trying to make a statement to you. So God, he told Hosea, go and marry Goma. Hosea chapter 2. And he went to marry Goma, the prostitute. And after he married her, after a while, she went prostituting again. And Goma was down. And he said, tell Israel, this is what they are doing to me. This is what they are doing to me. I've married them to myself, and they are, they, go and read Hosea. I'm married to them, and this is what they are doing to me, Israel. It's, it will surprise you that God has an interest in marriage. No, before getting married, that's why when people are marrying, God takes it serious because they are making exactly what his, his intention for creating humanity. Ah. That's how the Bible ends. The Bible ends in a wedding supper. What do you, what do you, what do you mean? Read your Bible. It ends with the wedding. And it says that I saw the heaven, the new Jerusalem coming down as a bride prepared for her husband. The new Jerusalem. Genesis chapter 21. Uh, sorry. Revelation chapter 21. Verse 1, 2, 3. Let's read it quickly. Let me show you something. Now ah. I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Uh-huh. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Uh-huh. Also, there was no more sea. No more then sea. I, John, saw the holy city, the holy new, city. Jerusalem, new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, uh-huh. prepared as a bride the adorned for her husband. As a bride adorned for her husband? What's the meaning of that? A city is prepared as a bride? Then in the verse 9 and 10. Read the verse 9 and 10. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls filled with the seven last plagues came to me and talked with me, saying, Come, I will show you the bride, the okay. lamb's wife. Ah, the, who is the lamb? Who is the lamb? Oh, who is the lamb? Jesus. Do you know who introduced him as lamb first? John. Who? John. When did he introduce him? The, listen, please, listen. John's, the main reason why John was born is to come and present Jesus as the, the lamb. That's why he was born. After he did that, they killed him. And that was okay. Because he's done his job. That's why he was born. He said he, he was sent as a forerunner to come and he says that I did not know him. But he who sent me to baptize water, the same told me, John, John chapter 3, verse 31, 32, 33, the same told me that upon him, whom you see the spirit descend like a dove, he is the one who baptized them. And I've seen it and I declare that this is the son of God. But look at verse 29. John chapter 3, verse 29. He said, John saw Jesus coming, and John, John said, Behold the Lamb of God. He who, verse 29, he who, 120, I'm sorry, one. It's one, I was, I was talking about three. <laughs> the next day, John saw Jesus coming, and he said, Behold the Lamb of God. Who t- the what? The Watch it. The what? The now, after introducing Jesus as the Lamb of God, Jesus also starts baptizing. 
And then the, the disciples of John came, chapter 3, verse 25. He said, Master, is it the guy who you introduced over there on the other side? He's also baptizing and all the people are going to him. They are not coming to our church again. They are going to the church of Jesus Christ, eternal life. <laughs> and John the Baptist should have said, hey, this guy has broken my heart. This guy, I ordained him into ministry. <laughs> is that what he's doing? He's stealing my members. No. <laughs> John didn't say that. His first opening comment, 27, John 37, a man can receive nothing except if be given to him from above. Let's all say that together. So don't worry about that job. Work with God. Don't worry about the marriage. Work with God because a man can receive nothing except. Him. But that's not the point. There's a point, a greater point here. And then do, do you know what John the Baptist said? He says that when a bridegroom, uh, the friend of the bridegroom, when he sees the bride, he is happy. That the bride has gone to the groom. And he says that today, read it from verse 29. He who has the bride is the bridegroom. Ah, what's the meaning? You are talking about Jesus now. He said he who has the bride is the bridegroom. Who is the bride and who is the groom? And he says that, but the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly because of the groom's voice. Therefore, eh, this joy is mine. I'm, I'm rejoicing because I've now seen the bride going to the groom. So Jesus came as a groom, the Lamb of God I came to introduce is somebody who came to find his wife. And so when we go to Revelation, he said, come, I will show you the Lamb, the wife of the, the bride of the Lamb, the Lamb's wife. Revelation 21, verse 10 again, 9. Then one of the, the seven angels who had the seven bowls filled with the seven last plagues came to me and talked with me, saying, come, I will show you the bride, the Lamb's wife. The lamb John spoke about, his wife. The lamb's wife. Then he took me and showed me a city. I don't. That's why the choir, I taught this to the choir. I can't go further. He showed me the city. The city was adorned. And he said, the city, do you know how the city looked? It looked like Jasper. That's where Jasperization comes from. Because God himself, Bible said, he's like Jasper. I saw one on the throne, Revelation chapter 4, verse 3 or so. I saw one on the throne, and it looks like Jasper. Suddenly, the heavenly Jerusalem is coming. It looks like Jasper, built with precious stones. That one will be, okay, I think next week, I'll go on the building blocks of the new Jerusalem. But let me just finish this with the marriage thing. Let me give you the scriptures. Write the scriptures down. Isaiah chapter 54, verse 5. Read it. Isaiah chapter 62, verse 5. 54, verse 5, read it. Isaiah 54, 5. For your maker is your husband. Hey! The Lord of hosts is his name. Wow. And your redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. Wow. 60, is 62, verse 5. Your maker is your husband. 62, 5. For as a young man marries a virgin, so shall your sons marry you. And as the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so shall your God rejoice over you. Wow. There are other scriptures. I've quoted them already. So let's go to this last scripture, which is very powerful. Uh, concerning the church. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 2. Look at this. This is this. I think we should all read it together. Let's, let's read it out as well. Let's go. How about that? How about that? Did you get that? Paul said, you are already engaged though. 
Church, body of Christ, we are already engaged. Those of you who love worldliness, you are engaged and you are going for another man. That's how serious God takes it. I'm just enjoying my life. You are engaged. You can't go and have fun somewhere else with somebody else. He said, I am, I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy, for I have betrothed you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to who? Christ. And what, what does verse 1 say? What does verse 1 say? Oh, that you bear with me in, in this phone. Okay, and it goes on. And it talks about how you have to be careful. Chapter 2, chapter 7, talks about how let's ask Satan this beguiled Eve. You, the church, you also will be beguiled from the simplicity that is in Christ. Do you see that? Verse 3. Verse 3. 2 Corinthians chapter... Okay, yeah. I fear lest somehow, as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds were corrupted from the... Sin. So it's, it's talking to the church, I mean, you are engaged, but I'm concerned that this second Eve for this last Adam, Satan will come and deceive you again. So the first Eve is a type of us. And it's that same woman that showed up in Acts, uh, Ephesians chapter 5. Christ loved the church. That woman is the same as the Eve. It's a type. It's a corporate woman. And the same woman is in Revelation. So you allow Jezebel to teach. So the point I'm making is that God's interest in oneness with us he set his love on us and he gave us his word, his instructions, his commandment. You can't love God with your mind as a believer. You have to love God and by enjoying Christ. As you're enjoying Christ, it sparks because your mind, he said, the, mind, the things I want to do, my mind, I can't do it. So you, the believer, you have an advantage. It's from your spirit. That's why we take communion. Communion is a love thing. <laughs> Did you receive something? Yeah. <laughs> we thank God for using his servant, Reverend Dr. David Entry, to share this awesome word. If this message has blessed you in any way, please spread the word by sharing it and send us an email to amen at caris.org. Remember to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter for regular updates on what God is doing here at Caris Ministries. Stay blessed.